Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Hurling Show. Um, another unbelievable week um, of Hurling. We're now down to the semi-finalists. Galway play Limerick, Waterford play Kilkenny. Um, but I suppose getting into the Galway tip match first. Um, the Galway tip trilogy, um, Rory, it just produces yet again. Yeah, sure. It's been probably one of the biggest rivalries over the last what five or six years, really. And going back, I suppose years into my childhood, Galway and Tipperary was always a always a huge one. So again, this weekend was no different. You know, a, a humdinger of a game, really. You know, there was there was goals, there was controversy, there was huge skill, and at the end of it, then we had a great finish to the game. So you know, they 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 they, they seem to bring out the best in each other, and you know, uh, long may it continue, really. And like game, even early on this game, it just kicked off straight away. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be. There doesn't seem to be a lot of love lost between the two teams. You know the 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 the, the intensity fairly was ramped up very very early on, and the two teams know each other very well as well. You know it seems to be the push up. The you know um, Tip were going early with long balls in, and and Galway were defending very very hard and. Tough, like you know, I just thought from very, very early on the two teams were setting their stall out very early on about what they were going to be about. Like, um, so I, I do think that, um, wouldn't you love to have seen the likes of that game in the middle of June or July, you know, rather than the, than the end of November? Because I thought it was the skill level and the, and the intensity level and the tackling and every single. There was loads of talking points from the from after two minutes. There was talking points all over the field. It was it was it was great. Now, and like we're mentioning early on about the game, I think nearly every goal in this game was an unbelievable finish. Rory, like you look at the way I know Dyberg slips, but still the way Seamus Callanan just finishes that goal early on. Yeah, you're talking about you know. You're talking about absolute assassins in the forwards, to be honest with you, Paul. If these lads get an opportunity within 10, 15 yards, they're going to bury it. You know, they, 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 they just have such risks. They have such striking ability, you know, and it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, you're talking about Callanan's goal. Yeah, Dahi Burke obviously slipped, but the, but the skill he showed even to, to, to come back in around to use the footwork and then to come back onto his left-hand side to strike that ball into the net, you know, there was a tackle coming on his right-hand side for Callanan's first goal. And if he'd have thrown it up there, and most probably most probably club players would have thrown it up on the right-hand side, but he he had the peripheral vision to see a lad coming on that side and was able to throw it back on his left and then to bury it. And then you could see the other end, sure, Cahal Mannion's goal, sure. What a strike! He's 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 some striker of a ball. It's unbelievable. The man is the man is just poetry in motion. Young Hogan in the goal for Tipperary. Sure, he hardly saw it. And then the other goal, the first half we saw with, with Brian Concannon, the same thing. Just slipped in by wheeling, and and then the finish just into the corner gives the keeper no chance. And you know. These guys are just just top class players, and it just shows the quality of forwards you have nowadays. And I think I think if you're talking about it, Paul, as well, and it's just to add to that, I suppose Galway. I think yesterday they definitely had a focus on trying to go for goals. Like if you look at the three goals that they got, it wasn't just a situation of let's tip it over the bar and let's keep moving on. They were looking back towards maybe the Kilkenny game last week, and you know they they didn't get a few goals, and it was quite obvious to me that there was a there was a there was a, a, a an input from Shane O'Neill and his management team to say, lads, we need to get a few goals here. And you could see that early on. That was that was what their emphasis was. And then, 
no more than than at the start with Aiden Hart's goal at the end. The same idea. It was in their heads. We need to get goals, and they came out with three great goals yesterday. That generally, generally in games, a lot of them would have been tipped over the bar, but they had a mindset yesterday to go at this and keep attacking the game, and probably looked at tip as well and said, "We we can we can make hay if we if we if we run at this backline." So it was good management there from Shane O'Neill's point of view, and great great play by the forwards to do that as well. And like we're talking about Tip um, at the start, very impressive game. The end of the first half, very impressive. But it just seemed to be with Tip, they get on top for a certain period, but they could just never seem to push on in that game. No, they never seemed to, like looking back on the game for periods, you would still say that Callanan and Jason Ford were, were starved the ball a small bit. But I think that that was due to Serious work rate out the field by Galway as, as well. You know, their half forwards midfield was working very, very hard to, to starve the to starve them boys of quality ball into Shimmy Callanan and Jason Ford. Um, I just I would just like to go back to that point that, that Rory made, you know, and we've talked about it a few times about the Kilkenny forwards over the years and the fact that if if the Kilkenny forwards get round you and the, 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 that's that's when they see goal on. And they're going, and they'll take a hard hit and a, and a pass. And I just, I would, I would actually agree 100%. Rory, like 100%. I actually said that at one wee note, I took a wee note down and said that that Galway seemed to, if they can get an overlap, they went straight for goal, pop pass over strike. If you look at them, couple of goals, it reminds you very, very like TJ Reid, Michael Fenley, uh, Richie Parr. Uh, you know, and, and I just think that, that I, I would also agree with Rory and I hate agreeing with Rory all the time. But I just <laughs> I just think that ha- have they sat down and said, listen, for us to win a Leinster title, for us to win an All-Ireland title in the future, here's what we need to be doing, lads. And it's a lesson for all forwards and all teams around the country, I think, um, you know, that you just can't tip over the handy point all the time. What about going for the jugular? Like some of these top, top teams um, are going for the jugular all the time. Um, you even take a look at, at Desi Hutchinson and the other game. They're going for the jugger, they're going for goals, and I just think that that's it was a lesson for everybody, for us all, management, coaches, players, and, and it's obvious that Galway had that in their mind from very, very early on. Had they were they thinking, listen, you're Ronan Mars and Potty Mars, uh, they're they're not as mobile lads as as some of these other defenders. They're not as mobile as some of the, the Potty Walsh and these. Let's run at them. Let's keep them moving. And let's get goals. And I just think that that's that was to me a martyr early on, right through the whole game to the death to win the goal. Goal was scored by Aiden Hart, and I just think that was their mentality all day. And I, ultimately, in my opinion, that, that's what won them the game. And like that has been a huge issue for Galway in recent years, Rory. They won All Ireland for the majority of the season without scoring many goals. Last season, it seemed to be an issue really under when they had Michal Dunahu as manager. But like as they're saying yesterday, they've addressed it now, going for goals all the time. And it's a huge change because it's not something we've probably seen with this goal before. Like. No, and 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 and, and I, I think they're last week definitely stung Galway a good bit, I would imagine. You know, they were they were, you know, for me the better team for, for most of the game, to be honest with you. Kilkenny obviously did a Kilkenny on it, but they were the better team and they probably went back last week and looked at it and said 
lads, where where are we going from here? And everybody is kind. A good few people were kind of questioning him and saying, "Is this the end of Galway this year?" And are, have they got the stomach for it? And you know, the response yesterday for me was was quite emphatic. Maybe they didn't play maybe as well as they possibly can. You know, they 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 had periods in the game where they, where they kind of went out of it maybe in their forwards and they they weren't winning the ball, but. You know, I, I I think if they're going to win win in All Ireland, which they're which they're obviously having having their sights, they're going to have to get goals, and they're no more than it when they're playing Limerick next week. You know, it's going to have to be they're going to have to get maybe three or four goals. I think to probably beat Limerick, you probably won't outshoot Limerick for points. You know, so you need to maybe get three goals at least to to, to be in that game. And I'd say that I'd say there was a there was a there's a big emphasis with them this year on on trying to open up that space and trying to get a few goals. For me again, though, and, and, it's, and something I said last week, I still kind of think there, there's there they, they they need to they maybe need to address Joe Canning, maybe getting him inside a little bit more. For me, I think he's probably playing too far out the field still. I I'd like to see him in around that 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 full backline area to really put really put Limerick under under pressure next week and and see can he can he may, maybe be involved in 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 the end of the ball rather than at the start because he's a, he's a player for me that that's going to be the difference for Galway he 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 obviously is most days anyway but if he can he can have a big game next week on the on in play I think Galway will go a long ways towards winning it. And, and and I think they'll be I I I'd hope from from their point of view that did did go for something different for three or four years now. Joe Canning has been playing out the field, going forward for for the for the next day, maybe for ten, fifteen minutes, ten minutes of both halves, play him inside and see how he get on from there because you know he hasn't forgotten how to play in there, you know, and and he hasn't been seen in there for a while. So if it was me this week, I'd have to think about it because they've tried a good few lads in full forward position now. Connor Cooney, they'd be worried about his form. I think Niall Burke didn't really work in the Leinster final there, and Jason Flynn is a different type of a player. So maybe for ten or fifteen minutes next week, and I know we're talking about this week's game, but for next week, I I still think the Galway management team shouldn't rule out putting Joe in there because he he's a man who can create goals and score goals, and if he's near to the goal, that he he'll cause a lot of damage in there. Yeah, and I suppose like tip second goal, you'd have to say Graham did. Shane Cooney is probably disappointed um, where it just falls into uh, Bonamere's hand there. Is it just a case where he should have really put the two hands on the hurl and cleared it instead of just going for the one-hand pickup? Yeah, or, or just get down over the ball, you know, put your body between put your body between Shane Cooney and the ball. You know, he was facing out. If he had it turned his whole body around, Bonamere wouldn't pick the ball. You know, I know he was sort of half lying on the ground, but um, I just... Like I actually think, I think you know that they'll probably be disappointed at that goal. They'll look at it and they'll say, "Listen, get it out of the danger area. Don't be, don't be raising the ball too high up in there, stuff like that." Yeah, but I actually think as well, Paul, uh, for Aiden Hart's goal coming from the goalkeeper side of things, I actually think Brian Hogan will be disappointed with the goal. Um, you, you take, I don't know the stats now, but you take a look at the goals. In the whole championship, be it either last year or be it this year, and there's not too many balls struck from the 21 now that get into the net. Most most forwards now are are only going to be striking, and they'll actually only be coached. They'll only be coached at striking in on the 14 yard line against the keeper. You won't see them hitting it from the 21 anymore. The days of boys pommeling the ball at keeper from the 21 is over. I actually think Brian Hogan. 
will be slightly disappointed. I don't want to take anything away from Ian Hart because he's got guts to go for it and he, he he got a good connection on the ball. But Brian Hogan, I thought just I think if you asked him, and I and I'm not I'm not saying he's the cause of the defeat or anything, but I just think with the quality of keeper he is, I just think he he might be disappointed in the fact that he maybe wasn't another um, half a meter facing Ian Hart down to to stop the shot. So there'll be a couple of goals. I think the two teams will be disappointed in, you know. Yeah, I think I think to go back on the point with Shane Cooney though, Paul, and overall obviously it was a mistake from him, but. For me, the Galway backline yesterday were very, very solid. To be honest with you, if you if you if you if you look at the game, I think Shane himself, Shane Cooney himself, he was took off in the Leinster final a week before, and I, I I thought he did a great job on Jason Ford yesterday. I thought for the most part he 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 kept him quiet and and, and he was called ashore. I thought Dahi Burke, Dahi Burke full back was outstanding. He he was he was everything you want in a full back and. You know, you know why he's the four-time all-star there. Jeez, the man is just a colossus. Like he was coming out with balls. You know, most lads when Jamie Callanan gets a goal and a point on you in the first maybe five or six minutes, it'd be hanging the head and they're 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 kind of under pressure for the day. But not this fella. Like he's just a colossus, to be honest with you. And then at the very end of the game, who's the lad for Galway winning the ball and winning the hard ball, the free Dahi Burke? Who's driving him up the field, Dahi Burke? McInerney the second half as well. I thought. Noel McGrath was 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 on top of him the first half, four points in play. But you know he he got stuck in the second half and really really took him out of the game. And then Joseph Coney, the same thing, wing back really good. And Aiden Hart, I I thought Galway's backline yesterday were really really solid. And 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 that's a that's a great foundation for them going forward next week because they're coming up against probably the best forward in the country at the moment in Limerick. And those guys are going to have to be as solid as that next week again. And Graham, there's been a lot talked about, I suppose, Carl Barrett getting sent off. Um, but it's more the first yellow that has really, I suppose, caused a bit of controversy. For you, um, is Carl Barrett's first yellow? Should it have been in a yellow card? Carl Barrett's um, first yellow card. Um, do you think it was a yellow card? I think Graham is Graham is cut off on us there, Paul, for a minute. But maybe maybe I'll take up, take up on that for you for a minute. But I I I think the. I think to be honest with you, Paul, it's an absolute joke of a, a red card. To be honest with you, like the first yellow, what's it for? Like you know, obviously as a defender, you're going to have your hurl up and you're going to be trying to get it into the forwards eye line. So far as I can see, so far as I can see, the ball, he didn't even he didn't even hit Concannon uh, with the hurl, and I don't think there was any great intent there. You know, it's just the way the game is gone. Really, I think you can you can get yellow cards for for absolutely anything, and and it's. And it's gone crazy. I think you know we're we're gone way too PC with things like this. Hurling is hurling is a physical sport, no more no more than any other. And players are going to get hit with the hurl, or they're going to get slaps here and there. And that's part of it. That's what people want to see. You know, obviously you don't want anything anything malicious or anything dirty. But geez, I think I think Carl Barrett will feel very very unlucky today that he he got two yellow cards and was was sent off for the last twenty minutes. Because for me. 
it's handbag stuff to be honest with you and we need we need to really look at that and 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 decide as 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 a sport where we're going with things like that because if we keep if we keep sending off fellas and giving yellow cards for things like that we're going to have we're going to have nobody on the field in a few years time yeah, that seems to be a lot of the talk to make a good point there that hurling is gone too soft and I suppose the manliness is gone out of the game is what a lot of people are saying. And do you think it's something, you know, the referees at different years, they go out and they have targets to set what to clamp down on. But do you think they're just clamping down on being, I suppose, a bit too soft? Yeah, possibly. You see, again, you don't know in any of this sort of stuff what they're being told by 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 the higher powers, I suppose, or the or the referee body, referees body. You know, it just seems in the last few years that you know we're gone very very picky on little things. You know, like obviously, as I said, you don't want anybody to get hurt or anybody to 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 pull a malicious stroke. But if you if if you seem to touch anybody with a hurl nowadays. Uh, you you seem to be very much in trouble with the referee. Like there's there's there 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 has to be there has to be a hierarchy in these things of 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 how you how you hit somebody. You know, a, a little flick or something that 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 maybe touches a guy it, it's a lot different than than a fella making up his mind and pulling across the fella or hitting him across the, the side of the head with a hurl. You know, and it's the same thing maybe with this little this rule with the face guard as well. You know, we've seen it over the last few years. There's a huge difference between touching the helmet and and ripping the helmet off a fella's head, and it seems to be the same same sanction for both of them. So we probably need to look at that and 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 and, and don't allow the game to become become non-contact because it's a contact sport at the end of the day. And like going back into even ten years ago, the, some of the greatest games of all time were played between Kilkenny and Tipperary. And Jesus, there was lads, there was lads absolutely going hell for leather for for seventy minutes, and there was hurls swinging, and there was bodies hitting everybody everywhere. And you'd like hurling to have that. I, I, I'd never like to see that gone out of the game, and I think that's a big part of it. And and that brings the excitement to it, and that brings that brings a great level of intensity to it as well. And if you lose that out of hurling. You're not going to have the same sport at all, I think. And some of the substitutions um, in the first half, for me, anyways, as a goal man, I thought it was very strange to see David Brett going off um, at half time. Yeah, I think I was thinking about same myself. I was I was looking at the game and I I, I saw David being being taken off at half time and I I was I was wondering was there an injury I I, I don't know whether there's anything on that maybe there, maybe he he has a bit of a history the last few years of a few injuries and things maybe that's the case but you know for me I thought he was doing quite well even in the role he was playing he was he seemed to be getting on on, on a lot of ball he seemed to be sweeping sweeping well and even Johnny Cohn the same thing you know again. Maybe he was maybe he was struggling with injury. Maybe he was he had something wrong with him. But he didn't seem to be doing a whole lot wrong from from that midfield position. It was a it was a it was a brave call from the point of view with 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 Shane O'Neill and the guys to take those lads out. But I suppose today he can he can sit down and say at least we got the players in and and we have two two more players who came in and and have have maybe that championship. Uh, level and experience got into their legs for next week, and I suppose David Burke and the guys will, will be obviously smarting from from being taken off that early, but they they still have a huge role to play for Galway, and you can see the strength of their panel, panel is building all the time. And Graham, something that's often talked about with Tipperary is the lack of pace in the backs, 
and do you think it was evident yesterday with their lack of pace in defence? Yeah, it looked, it looked sluggish now. I thought Tip looked a bit sluggish when the ball went wide, you know, um, into certain places. And, uh, you know, and we, as we talked about earlier there, it just seemed to be Galway had a, had a, had a mindset yesterday of keeping the ball wide as best I can and, and move Tipperary about a bit. Um, so, so it, 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 to me, there looked to be a, a bit of lack in pace, you know. But in saying that, Paul, you could turn around and say at one stage, Noel McGrath looked very sluggish and he still come off the pitch with four points or whatever it was and maybe an assist or two. So I think the temporary defenders that we're talking about, say the likes of Rowan Marr and Potty Marr and these boys, they're brilliant readers of the game. You know, um, so I just think maybe maybe with the space and some and the quality forwards that you're marking, like Rory said earlier there, you take Cal Mannion and Connor Whelan and um, Connor Cooney and these boys, they, them boys are hard to tie down for an hour, like uh, you know, and that's why all these teams I think are trying to get that sweeper back there because sometimes a defender can be made look very, very slow and sluggish, you know. So, um, but I still think Tipper, Tip weren't far away at the same time, boys. You know, you know, I know, I know, Galway, Galway are the team in the All Ireland semi final, but they fought where they they fought to the better end, you know, and. Looking at the sending off as well, I thought it was harsh enough to be quite honest with you, Paul. You know, uh, and 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 Cahill Barrett would be a type of player that brings that bit of snappiness and pace to the defence for a tip. You know, so if you have two or three big men around it, around the defence, does Cahill Bar- Barrett maybe cover for that? You know, for them at times. You know, um, I just thought that the sending off ruined the game for me. I know you might say yes, it was a sending off. Fair enough, but. I just thought it ruined the game. I thought that Galway with the win second half uh, were able to use the ball well. I thought they used the ball very well and able to exploit a couple of bits of space and kept it moving well and, uh, you know, to, to ultimately win the game. Like. And like Paulie Mayer and Brendan Mayer were kind of playing sweeper role in the first half. Galway seemed to just hit the ball aimlessly, really, um, at the sweeper in the first half. Rory, but I suppose in the second half it was much better. They were moving it short and really moving it through the lines. Yeah, they they, they possibly did. Yeah, I I I thought I I thought looking at the game, I think the biggest thing to take from it from from Galway's point of view, maybe more than anything, Paul, for me is 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 the response. Uh, in the last 15, 10, 15 minutes, I thought it looked like. You know, Carl Barrett, Carl Barrett got sent off maybe with, what, 18, 19 minutes left. And, you know, it looked like, Jesus, is this going to be, is this is this going to be Galway now going to going to kind of walk this? And they struggled for a few, for, for a while to, to kind of get, find a rhythm and, 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 to, and to, I suppose, deal with the fact that they had 15 on 14. And it looked like Tip were kind of hanging on. And, yeah, Ronan Marr and Willie Connors kind of put them ahead and, you know, Galway were struggling, but I thought in that period, I thought their their, their leaders really stood up at that point. I thought I've already spoken about the lads in the back, but I thought to be fair to Joe Canning, you know, he 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 put over a sideline and a free and nearly in the corner flag, and you know, it was absolutely fantastic. And then then from there on in, their composure and their their response to being 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 down. Like if you remember last week, they went down against Kilkenny by by. 
a few points and they kind of they kind of went back into their shell a little bit and didn't really win any ball anywhere. And if you look at the last 10 minutes, Galway won all the big possessions. They won all the big balls. They were the ones driving forward. And, you know, even the, even the winning goal, they worked like dogs to get the ball to Jason Flynn. And his composure then to find Adrian Tui and, and then a pop pass into Aiden Hart. A great, great, great finish for them. And then the response straight after that, Dahi Burke wins a free. Joe Canning pops it over the bar. And then they get a great inspiration to score from, from Sean Loftus. And I, I thought the response response at that point showed me that these boys have, have, have spirit about them this year if they have anything else. And and, and they're, trying to, they're trying to, I suppose, respond to some of the maybe people in within the media who are questioning Galway and saying, Jesus... These lads haven't got it between, haven't got it when it comes down to it comes down to it. And you know the the narrative during the week was why can't Galway win these games when they're in winning positions? And I I, I thought their their response yesterday was fantastic, and it, and it, I hope it all goes well for them next week because they've they've a big one coming down the line. And you can see at stages, Kincannon and Whelan were getting really frustrated, Graham, and Galway taking on some, I suppose. Long range shots, probably not in the best situations, and there was space between Kincannon and Whelan inside. And almost like every game for them, they had to beat them at the full back line all day, but they probably didn't get enough ball that they could have got. No, and and that seems to that seems to be the way that the inter county games gone. You know, it seems to be if you have possession around the middle middle of the field, you know, most teams are taking the shots on, and with the quality of the players that send around the middle third there. And they, and they do have that bit of space and time, but I would, it's like getting back to Rory's point there. Um, if you if you were a full back, uh, Mark and Joe Canning, or 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 Connor Whelan, you'll be happy to see the ball being struck from seventy meters in, and even if it does go over the bar, you'll nearly be happy rather than seeing that ball maybe drove into Connor Whelan low or Joe Canning low or Kill Cannon or some of these boys. So. I would be looking more more ball into that full four line low that Galway team, and I think if you get the Croke Park, you'll maybe find that that's what you know. Shane O'Neill seems to be a very astute manager, and I just think he learned from some of that. Uh, Paul, I think he maybe you know he'd be the type of he'd be the type of manager maybe bringing his group and say, well here with four possessions from around the middle third and we took pop shots, why not put it into Connor Wheel and he can win it. I think it was Rory last week said. He can win it anyway. If it goes in high, low, if it's a bad ball, he'll fight for it off the defender. So, you know, Galway, Galway, Galway will put it up the Limerick. You know, they have the, the risky hurlers, they have the finishers, they have tough defenders. Like, it's some intriguing battle. Like, and just even looking back to the weekend there, there was nothing between them sides with five or six minutes to go. Like, you know, there's only a couple of points either way. And like, like Rory, Rory said there, Say for toxic, some of the hits that went in with the Galway defence, the uh, uh, blocks and hooks. I've just taken a few notes during the game. Tipperary done the same. Jamie Callanan chased a couple of boys down at one stage and was doing the same. So there was there was nothing between them. And at the end of the day, Tipperary won the All Ireland last year. And 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 I thought Galway were outstanding at chasing everything down. But I do think they'll need to tweak every single ball um, against Limerick. I think they'll need to use it well. And to get that, to get their forwards, because the last thing you want is a, is Connor Whelan and and, and and these boys starve the ball. And I would agree with Rory from from the outset of this wee podcast is I I'd, I'd love to see Joe Canning in there, um even at periods to give him a break for five, throw him in there, 
get somebody else working off them and have a wee system of play where, right, if Joe goes in here, here's what we're doing now, lads. And, and like, it would be, like, at the end of the day, Limerick's, Limerick's full back hasn't been really tried and tested yet with someone like Joe. Um, and I would just love to see that. And I think Hurling fans in general would love to see that, and uh, you know, next weekend. So um, that's, that's, that's that side of it. I, t- I, t- I think next week, just to, just to add to that, Paul, I know, we're just to go to next week a little bit, but I think Galway next week, and I've said it since the start of the year with Limerick, I think next week is the week to see, can Galway really test this Limerick full back line? I think they have, the, they have the firepower to have the players in there now to really see, are Limerick able to stand up to it? If you can get enough ball into Whelan, Concanon is a good player as well, to be fair to him, and then... You know, maybe get Connor Cooney back in form or Joe Canning in around there as well and, and get three players, two or three players in there that can really test him and get ball in. Then we'll see because Whelan is some player. You know, I know I know it's he he only got a point from play yesterday, but Jesus what a player. The man is the man is unbelievable. You know, I I I, I have the highest regard for him and I think if you could get, get enough ball into this guy next week, I, I think he can make he can he can really put Limerick under pressure. I think I think there's nobody in the country that would that would like ball after ball after ball being fed into no full back in the country. We like balls coming into Connor or or into Connor Whelan all day long because he will win it anyway. It's coming and you just get that ball in there and I, I think Galway can put Limerick under pressure there in that area if if they focus on that this week and I, and I would really really like to see it and, and and I'm looking forward to a really good battle next week because I think it, it has has all the hallmarks of a great game. Um, Graham, were you surprised to see Bonhamer going off um, around I think it was the 50, 60 minute mark? A lot of people were saying that it was a surprise that Bonhamer was taken off. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought Bonhamer was. Not, he's not a, a huge. He's, he's not a huge. Get he's not the finisher. He's not the assassin that, that, that some of these other guys are, the Fords and, and the Cocannons and these boys. But Cheesy gets through a wild hard work. And I just thought that, um, you know, I think I thought there was another 10 or 15. I thought there was another 10 minutes in him, really. You know, I thought he was still working hard. He was still, he didn't look tired in any way, but that seems to be the way, that, again, that seems the way that that level of hurling, that's the way it's gone, you know, and it's the same as your David Burks. Was was, was David Burke nearly told that he was going to get half an hour before before the game, you would nearly have thought. Um, I, I, I was surprised, but the way hurling's gone, um, some of these guys are, are took off, maybe after scoring two and three and four points. Like, I know, I know, Paul, at, at the level of hurling I played over the years, if you scored two or three points, you were never took off. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and that, it's just the way it's gone. They the, the, the want the work rate. They want to see you making your runs, getting back, pushing up then whenever the ball does go up front. And who who am I to question Liam Sheedy? Like, you know, at the, at the same time, there was very little in that game with that five minutes to go. And, um, you know, like I say, I thought, I thought that, I thought Tip fought to the better end in the game. And that last be five minutes, I thought go away. Just, just uh, you know, had a grip on the def- on them defensively. I thought they had the upper hand and looked the fresher side with that five minutes to go. You know, um, I I, t- I think to be fair to Tip, 
I think they gave an as 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 Graham has said, they gave an effort of champions. I think yesterday, to be fair to them, they can they can hold their head high walking out of Limerick yesterday. You know, I think with them probably during the whole year more than anything else. I'd say they're still searching for their form, really, more than anything. They, their, their, their intensity, their work rate, all of that was seemed to be there. But the real form of the tip players just didn't didn't seem to be there, and the real flow was there, wasn't there. You know, I like look at it over the last few years in the one hour learns the McGraths have been huge players, and you know, Noel and John have had had an awful lot of a an awful long club campaign, and that has definitely. Uh, uh, caused a big problem for Tipperary this year because they just seem out on their feet. The real energy is not there, and you know then they're missing Bubbles, who who has been a big player for them, and he's he seems to be slightly gone off the ball. And then there's other guys probably just searching for that real form that was that was there and uh, that was there last year for most of the time. If, if that's not there, you're not you're not going to win. But I'd say Liam Sheedy at the same time will 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 still have a, have a great pride in the tip performance and will know that. These lads will still have plenty more than more left in them next year because they do have new players coming in. They seem to be feeding them in all the time, and there's there's a there's a new crop coming with with Tip that that's going to freshen them up next year. So they're going to be around for another few years. These Tip boys and like make no mistake about it, the Potty Mars, the Ronan Mars, Brendan Mars, Callanans, all these guys, they'll respond and they'll come back again next year. But I I I, I think they will be obviously disappointed with losing. But at the same time, when 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 you leave everything out there, there's not as big of a disappointment. And I think for Tipperary, they left everything out there yesterday. And 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 Rory, you know, maybe maybe you can you could answer this. Like you know, your Tipperary hurler uh, knows no different to to Cork or or Wexford or wherever. But I I would have thought now that uh, of any team of any team that would have loved the faster ground in the Crook Parks of this world, I think. That suits Tip better than any team. They have the wristy hurlers, they have the touch, they have the speed, and I just think, and it just, just again, my opinion, lads. I just think that, um, I think Tip would have preferred the likes of Crook Park or Parky Keeve, you know, for for some of them matches. And I just think summer hurling Tipperary seemed to be like a, a Noel McGrath and these boys. They seem to, you know, re- really excel whenever the ground's nice and hard and. The bubbles of Dwyer's of this world, to me, that don't really look as if they're a team that would want to slog through the, the gutters in the winter day. I don't know that the pitch was in great condition and all, but to me, and maybe that wee one or two percent either road of summer hurling, uh, maybe August September time suits better than November December for Tipperary lads, you know. I think it's an I think it's an awful pity from the from the GEA's point of view more than anything. To be honest with you, Graham, is the, is that. I honestly think myself looking at it, that game with 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 Tip and Galway deserved to be played in either Crow Park or Parky Cueve over the weekend. I know there was a there was a lot going on in, in both of the places, but you know we're 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 sitting today we're sitting today looking at a fo- two football games and there's no game in Crow Park. You know, I, I, I honestly I th- I think it would have been it was a great game yesterday, but imagine how good it had been 
if it was on on that real top class sod like a Crow Park or a Parky Cueve that seemed to be, you know, there seems to be no difference in in winter or summer. They're they're just top class all the time. And that that game yesterday, to be fair to Tipperary. They had played in Limerick the week before. That was obviously very, very heavy, and probably it affected them in the last ten or fifteen minutes when, when, when the legs started to get that little bit heavy. The ground was heavy. I, th- I, I, I think, and I know it's gone now, but it was an awful pity. I think that that, that game wasn't played in either Parky Cueve or or Crow Park. And like towards the end of that game, a real issue for Galway was. That they weren't able to win their own puck out game. Uh, we've seen Aidan Murphy drove one over the sideline, and Tipperary were really beginning to win that area of battle in the halfback line. That yeah. has to be a bit of an area of concern going in next weekend because you're playing the best halfback line in Ireland next weekend. And 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 we know we 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 know ourselves as well. Um, and we're talking we're talking. Since since the start of since you started some of these podcasts, Paul, about Joe Canning being out there, um, and about TJ Reid being out in that half forward line, and that's that's the reason why ultimately why Joe's out there. It's it's to to, to be able to win the ball, and we know that ourselves, like you know, and and Galway, uh, Shane O'Neill knows that himself. Um, so so, um, the one thing about Tipperary uh, is 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 they're a bit like Kilkenny. And they have been modelled on Kilkenny, in my opinion, the last three or four years. Is they're unreal in the air, you know. It's very hard to break that down. Um, so, so I don't think there's a there's nearly a better team left in in the championship than Tip in the air. Your Barry Heffernan's and Paddy Mars and and some of these boys are out, out, on, out on, on, on unreal in the air. And and when Galway had to go long, they were actually just looking for a break nearly. And and that break was just that meant that developed into rocks and stuff, and your forward your forwards weren't getting any sort of momentum and style of play and stuff, and that's uh, that leads back to you know a harder ground, the ball be pinging about more off the breaks around the middle third, you know. But Connor Cooney, um, you maybe find could have throw jo- Joseph Cooney up in the half forward line if they weren't winning if they weren't winning enough of their own ball go away in the future, like which is he seems to be able to play up front in defence. He's very talented, big lad. So I don't think he'd be overly worried about winning clean possession. But but I just thought, like you say, Paul, they were lo- losing a lot of breaks around the middle third um, against Tip. But you're dealing with Ronan Marr and Potty Marr, and them boys, they're probably the best, the, the biggest, toughest, probably defence. And, and I know I know Limerick are good at it, but I, I would nearly put Tip ahead of them where, where winning balls they got just hanging in the air. Um, are trying to be dealt with. I think Tipperary are outstanding at it. Like even you take last year's All Ireland final, ending in the air. Tipperary were hoovering it all up, you know, and that's why Galway seem to be moving the ball around in the spaces a lot. They're trying to keep Tipperary defenders moving a wee bit, like a bit like a bit like Wexford done the, the year they won the Leinster title. Do you remember Rory and you boys were moving, uh, <laughs> and moving all over the place, and you were. But again, lads, that was a lovely. The ball was fizzing off the deck that day uh, and, and that's it's very it's, it's a very easy game plan right this is the way we're going to play but seeing a winter's day it's not so handy to do that like you know oh. and going in I suppose before we talk about the Waterford game but going into the semi-finals for Galway and Waterford is it really just this week now where we're just literally all about recovery 
Yeah, sure. That's all it is, Paul. It's, it's put up the feed. It's 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 maybe for maybe obviously the game was Saturday, so pro- I would imagine there's recovery protocols with all these teams. Probably on Sunday and Monday, there's there's maybe ice baths and there's pro- probably massages, etc. Going on, and they'll probably get back to the field then on Tuesday night for a bit of a, a light session and a bit and see how the bodies and minds are and probably get together then on Thursday night a bit of the same thing and a little bit of tactics thrown in here and there maybe with, with, with both teams of what they're going to try to do but very much so it's going to be about about recovery and about getting the mind right more than anything else. I think these guys guys will be fine physically to be honest with you. They're, they're so fit and they're so well conditioned. It's just getting your mind right to be able to come down from from this game first of all and then to be able to get yourself back then up to an intensity to come into a battle next week against Kilkenny or Limerick that's that, that's the challenge really more than anything else physically they'll be fine I think it's just mentally getting themselves really really up for it because if they can bring that and bring that I suppose mental freshness to it they're going to be in a strong position because sometimes you know it's, it's overemphasized you know playing games I think it, there's, there's great momentum to be got from playing games and winning games as well you know and Kilkenny and Limerick are sitting sitting down looking at it and training during the last week so it'll only really be proven next week you know if, if, Galway, if Galway win next week you know everything will be fine it'll be because of match practice and if, if they lose you know it'll be because they, they, they played three weeks or four weeks in a row whatever it is so it really comes down to really the performance on the day and getting the mind ready and the bodies will be fine um, getting into the uh, Clare Waterford, the other quarter final. Um, Waterford three twenty seven, Clare three eighteen. But what a start to this game! Desi Hutchinson gets a goal after two minutes. Clare reply with three points. Tony Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, David McNerney, and then Desi Hutchinson gets another goal. Game. Yeah, it was a brilliant start to the game, and I would say Liam Cal was absolutely delighted with with Hutchinson's start. Like he was. The, you know, uh, all the commentators and media were really waiting on him. He's set the Waterford Championship alight this last year or so there. He's been an outstanding player, you know. And um, I just think that, the, again, Waterford seemed to be able to, early on, a bit like Galway. They were looking at a couple of goals. They were, you know, they really, you know, focused on, 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 on going round the man, attacking the man and laying the ball off if they could. And, no better man than, than Bennett and and um, Desi Hutchison uh, to take 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 the man on. Like with with the space that's inside there, sometimes some of these top intercounty forwards can sense the fact that like, Bentley Callanan sense the fact that there's I'm one on one here and and they're looking goals. And if you can get a, that was a great platform for Waterford early on that goal that goal from Hutchison. You know it seemed to throw a wee bit of confidence in there for them. Right, well the scores inside here to be had. So. Um, I think I think that was a great start to the game, and of course, the, probably one of the biggest problems with the game was was the injury of Tony Kelly, and um, that was a blow for for all of us as fans, and and and, and a big blow for for Clare. But I still think Waterford stuck by their task very very well, and uh, they, they seemed to sniff a bit like Galway. They seemed to be focused on trying to get goals early on, and, and I don't know where that like that came from, or maybe we, we could be wrong in the fact, but I just think that. There was a couple of chances on a normal day you would have seen points, but no, they, they, they really went for it and went for the juggler to get those goals early on. And after um, 16 minutes, Waterford were in the lead, 2-5, five, 5 points, Rory. Clare applied with 2-1, Colm Long gets a point, but then 
The two goals from Aaron Shanahan, uh, the terrific goals, probably the second goal, Stephen O'Keefe is disappointed that he didn't save, but like after 20 minutes to have two goals and the way he won the ball was just outstanding. Yeah, and it just, you know, we've been talking about Aaron Shanahan since the championship started, really, you know, the first day out against Limerick, we were expecting him to start and he didn't start and I don't, I'm not, he played against Leash, I think, but, and then and then against, against Wexford the last day, he he didn't feature a whole lot either, so you know it was really it was really great to see him back back really in, in in top form because that's what that's what he can offer and he's going to be a big 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 player for Clare I think if they can keep him fit over the next few years because he's he's a huge handful to be fair to him and like he 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 caused Prunty in the full back line for Waterford a lot of trouble yesterday especially aerially in in the air he's very very strong that way and you know he his two goals. I think were, were were fantastic to be honest. Like Stephen O'Keefe, you're right, will be disappointed with with the second one, but at at the same time, the intent from from Shanahan was was not not to tip the ball over the bar, it was to go down the, the down the neck of the full back and stick and go for it. And you can't you you have to give it to the forward in that situation. And then his second half performance as well, he created a great a great goal for for. For 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 Claire Young McCarthy got the goal, another great ball won and passed it across the field. And that showed showed that he's not just a, a scorer either. He has vision and and he has hurling ability. So I I think it, from a Claire point of view that that was that was that was brilliant to see that Shanahan got back into the championship this year and and and, and has showed what he can do in the future. You know. Yeah, and like Claire went ahead then. Um... After that, I think it was 2-9-2-7 was the furthest that got ahead, but it was a bit similar to Tipperary, uh, Graham. They could go ahead, but you always felt Waterford was still going to come back and still kind of have that upper hand. Yeah, you just felt that Waterford had that upper hand inside, and, and just even watching the Tip game, I felt that Galway had the upper hand inside as well, but um, I, I just felt on the day that... that, that, that the ball that was been hit into the Waterford full forward line. I thought there was scores inside there, and I think that the Waterford team themselves felt felt that. Whether that was instilled by the management, that listen, lads, plug away, we'll get our scores inside. Be patient. You've been there, Rory, yourself. You know, I I just think that you know you're Desi Hutchison and these guys threw the shackles off a small bit at the weekend, and 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 were going for their shots, and their defence was playing the balls in perfectly into the inside and stuff. So. Um, Clare just couldn't get that couple of scores ahead or that couple of goals. Um, Prunty and and, and Shanahan had some battle in the edge of the square. Like you know, you would love to be at the game to see what was going on, maybe off the ball as well. That's <laughs> on the ball. But funny, funny lads was an interesting point early on in the game. It looked like Aidan Aidan McCarthy was playing on tag the burger early on, and and to me, was that a was that a, a sort of a was that one of two things? Was it for, for Ian McCarthy to try to be better in the air, stronger in the air, uh, and go route one early on? Or was it just to, to, to quell the influence and the possessions of Tide the Burger? Because looking back on the first half, of, uh, I'm going to have to watch the game during the week, Tide the Burger was, 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 was quiet. He had two or three possessions. He didn't, he didn't do you know these barnstorming runs up the pitch and pass a load of balls and now he was still good he'd done his defensive duties very well he he took the ball off McCarthy a couple of times but uh, in the second half McCarthy went back into his normal role of right half back or center half back or something tagged the burger then came ra- racing into that game and 
I would love to know if, uh, if there was anybody at the game. I would love to have seen, you know, what what went on there tactically, or was there a reason for doing that? You know, I think I think what happened there, Graham. Now, and obviously this is only looking at it on TV, like yourself, but I, I think young. Uh, Young Callum Lyons was 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 obviously da- down to pick up man mark Tony Kelly wherever he went, and Tony Kelly seemed to seem to operate a good bit early on in the centre forward position, and that and that probably brought Ty Deborka maybe out to a more a more wing position where where he wasn't really really featuring in the centre of the play, you know. And what happened then in the second half, Tony with his injury and different things operated a lot inside, and probably probably automatically then filtered Ty back into the centre back role. So it was probably more to do with the fact that Tony Kelly was being man marked more than maybe Ty being out of the game. I would imagine he probably played more as a wing back a lot of the first half than than maybe as a centre, and then as the game wore on. Obviously, with Tony not featuring in the halfback line, he filtered back into that central role, and as you said, he had had much a much greater influence as it went on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like the work rate and intensity that Mikey Bevins and Ian Gall is just bringing to this world for a team, like because after the battle they had last weekend against Limerick, but like some of the work rate and intensity they went through yesterday, forcing Clare in to making mistakes. It's just unbelievable whatever they're instilling into this Waterford team game. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a common theme again through all, all all the teams that you're coaching and all the teams you're looking for is that work rate. But what I thought as well was they weren't giving away stupid frees. You know they were getting in with quality tackles and they were trying to go in and and, and, and dispossess Claire, um, you know sensibly if you know what I mean. Um, um, but you can see along the sideline the the, the two guys. Uh, Bevins and, and, and Liam Cahill, they're roaring at the boys, tackle, tackle, tackle. You can hear from the sideline oh, oh, because there's no way at the games. And and they, they, I would say that's the first thing you have to be doing now uh, as a Waterford player. You have to up your work rate the whole time to be dispossessing these. Because, because see if you give any of Waterford forwards as well, a bit like Galway, the ball, they, there are some risky players around that water, Waterford forward line. Like they're as good a they're as good a forwards as there is left in the, in the All Ireland Championship, and and if they can keep their work rate going like that or improve it against you know against Kilkenny the next day, they'll be hard to beat inside there. And and um, like you wouldn't you wouldn't rule out Waterford Waterford getting to an All Ireland final like. And Tony Kelly, um, he picked up the actual ankle injury in the warm up Rory. Then he rolls over on his ankle. I think it was something like after ten minutes, but. Should they have kept him on, really? Because David McInerney was injured and they took him off. And um, But Tony Kelly, I know he was offering um, from place balls, obviously, but should they have kept him on the pitch? I think it's very, very difficult to take off your talisman like that, Paul, to be honest. I think, I think obviously, Tony, Tony going off would obviously be a huge impact on your own team, but more than that, it would be, it would be an absolutely uh, unbelievable lift for the opposition team to see your best player being taken off the field or, or, or having to go off injured. So I, I would say probably with, with consultation with Brian Lohan, Tony and himself probably had 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 a few words and and he probably figured that you know I can give you something still play, may, maybe not in the role that I'm I'm normally playing but.
but I could still give the team something and he, and he still operated inside pretty well you know he still got on a good few balls and he, and he got a, a few unbelievable scores so you know he can bring in a, a lot to the team so I, I'd probably agree from the outside looking at it that, that it was the right decision to leave Tony on the field you know the man is the man is is, is unbelievable what he's what he can do and he can turn a game with maybe one ball and 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 Brian was probably looking for that and and it obviously didn't work in the end but at the same time he still gave a, a manful performance and and he still put in a good shift for the team and then Waterford finished the first half very strongly outscoring Clare one three to one point later on in but. The way Desi Hutchinson gets the ball, but he's not going for the simple option, and the weight of the pass he gives to Jack Fagan, who made a terrific run, and it can be very hard to make them runs because sometimes you can just make them runs and not get the ball. But he made the run and a super, another superb finish. Unreal. Um, but his vision is is something else. Like you know, um, is is scoring a is scoring alone? Yes, you you'd be delighted with scoring, but as as a, as a couple of assists on the day were top drawer, you know, and 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 all all the you know the likes of Kilkenny now will sit down and do a bit of do a bit of video analysis on him now, and they'll say right, well here he's just not going to take you on and go for goal. Make sure make sure you're marking your man because if you pick your man out as well uh, into the bargain, like but like that's that's a level you're dealing with now, lads, as as, as forwards the the pace the pace. The way they can take a man on and still pick people out as well, you know, and it's a joy to watch. Like, um, it really is. I, I thought Hutchison was outstanding over the weekend there, and it's been coming anyway, as we all know. Um, but the couple of weighted passes and straight to hand, your man, didn't, you know, the guy didn't even need to break stride to to, to and, and made all the the goal and whatever the point would make made it all the more easier. Like. Yeah, and Waterford needed a water break as well, 316 um, to 214. They really got a stranglehold on the game, um, even early on in the second half. And that just probably left Clare even. I know Waterford were dominant at the end, but early on in the second half, it even left Clare with just a bit too much work to do, Rory. Yeah, it, it did, but still, but still, Claire, Claire were, Claire were still very much there for a lot of it. Like you know, on on Jason or young McCarty, Aidan McCarty, he got his goal. I think on the fifth in the fifty fifth minute, and at that stage, it looked like Waterford were going to pull away. But then, then Claire responded with this great goal from McCarty, and then maybe four or five minutes later, they get the, get the chance from Cunningham and. You know that that was the real finishing of the game for me more than anything. Cunningham had a great opportunity straight through on the goal, and like we were talking about the finishers in the Galway game, he'll be very disappointed today with his finish. Either go low to the ground or put it away from the keeper, and he put it at a lovely height for the keeper. Graham, Graham would probably agree, but a great save from from Stephen O'Keefe and like that if it, if they'd have got the goal at that stage that was only two points in it with ten minutes left. So, you know, that that probably took the, the wind out of Clare sales and at that stage Waterford pushed on and they showed great energy and great enthusiasm and and, and and Clare probably ran out of legs and ran out of options. But you know at the same time they were still they were still very much in that game for fifty for sixty minutes, you know. It was just really at the end of it. You know, the one thing for me from Waterford's point of view was the in their forward line from the Limerick game, I thought they improved a good bit, you know, from the Limerick game, from play more than anything, you know. Obviously, we know what Desi Hutchinson did. You know, Jack Jack Fagan had improved a lot from from even the, the Munster final. He's 
he's a new player for 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 Waterford, and you know I know he he's from Mead. So far as I know, he plays with Dallas Allen Waterford, but he used to play with Mead, and he's only settling into the championship. And I thought he had he had a really excellent game game yesterday, and then and then Gleason even even though he was took off, I thought he had a more, he was he was more involved yesterday probably than than he was in the. In the in the Limerick game, so you know they're forwards, they're forward, and Stephen Bennett as well. You know, I th- I thought as well he was he was excellent yesterday throughout, and even being moved out from the full forward line seems to have helped him and get him involved in the game more. So I think Waterford will be very very pleased with with their forwards. They're starting to come a good bit, and and just to go back on the Desi Hutchinson one. I think it shows the quality of the performance he had yesterday because the battle he had with young Rory Hayes, I thought, was was fascinating. I I thought I I think that Rory Hayes is a really good find for Clare. I thought I thought he really put Hutchinson at the at the pin of his collar. He was unlucky maybe for a, a score or two, but still he came out with great ball himself. So that that just shows you the quality of Hutchinson and he's the quality of forward that Waterford needed maybe for the last four or five years, you know, they got to the final in 17 and everybody was saying they don't really have the top class inside man like a, a John Milan of the world, you know, and they've probably found one like that now, that, so if they can if they can hone and develop that and get him enough quality ball, he's going to cause anybody trouble because he has great skill and he has unbelievable pace, and if you have skill and pace in the forwards, you're going to take beating, so if Waterford can can get their, their, their tactical plan right next week and get enough ball into these forwards they can cause damage against a lot of teams. Yeah, and and picking up the point there, Rory. Um, you know, go Claire, Claire, or Claire were coming at Waterford. A goal, a goal at that at that stage of the game could have changed that game around slightly. You know, mm. and the fact that Cunningham was going through, you know, and and from a goalkeeper's point of view, you're holding your hurl. He was holding his hurl that way. It was a natural way for him to be holding his hurl. So. So you you watch some of these forwards now. Um, you watch Mannion's goal against Hogan. You watch that goal again. The natural place for him to strike that ball would have been across the goalkeeper to his left-hand side. I'm um, going back to the Galway Tip game now, Paul. So the natural progression would have been for him to go across. Uh, but no, he went near post because it's very hard. It's very hard to, to read that ball. And, uh, I, you know, and a lot of these top forwards now know the quality of goalkeepers they're dealing with. So they're going to change it up. They're not going to just go across the goalkeeper all the time, even if it is down low. They'll go maybe near post. Like, like if you if you rewind that and go back to to to, to uh, Cunningham going through on goal, Steve Stephen Stephen O'Keefe was nearly over to that side before he had the ball struck. You know, he he nearly read the fact that he was going to go across him. Whereas a wee dink or a wee shot near post sometimes, Rory, you know. These top forwards, Kilcannon and and and, and uh, Mannion, uh, Joe Canning, all these boys are are not just hitting the ball where the goalkeeper thinks now that they're going. Even at, even at club level, the top forwards up here, never mind down below, one on one now they just don't go across you. They could go near post against you, and that's why again I'm I'm jumping back to a different point. I think that Brian Hogan will still be disappointed with that goal because I think that. Um, you know, he nearly said to himself, it was his good side. He didn't have to turn his hurdle to the other side or anything. It was going across his good side. And I think that that was a massive burn on that on that Clare v Waterford goal. Because Clare wanted that we like was talked about earlier, that we we bit of momentum. And 
Waterford went straight up the pitch, worked the ball very well, and a point the other end. And I think it was a wee dagger in the heart of Clare, and I think it knocked the stuffing out of them. And it, it goes back to the beauty of of a top top goalkeeper, and that's what Stephen O'Keefe is. He's he's one of the best goalkeepers in Ireland. Um, Paul, you know. Rory, we're clearing us a bit naive early on, leaving all that space in front of their full-back line. Yeah, sure, they, they, you'd probably say that, but, you know, like, the first goal, obviously, was was a great save from the keeper. They, uh, early on in game, sometimes it takes time for it to settle down or whatever in, into formations, and, you know, that, that, was, that was probably... You know that settling down period where where a ball comes in and, and and a full forward line player wins it, but a great save from the keeper. But from the corner forwards point of view, I'd be giving credit to him. I think Hutchinson followed that in lovely, and he was he was in position to put it away. Probably the second goal more than any other, they'll be disappointed with it. I would imagine you know a high ball kind of coming in and probably should have been dealt with, and it broke in behind there some way and. You know, Hutchinson is kind of in on his own and you can't give a player like that an opportunity like that to, to, to score a goal. So th- that goal, probably more than the first goal, they'll be more disappointed with, you know. But like for me, it's it, it's just on the clear the clear the clear defence. I just think they're not they're, they don't look strong enough in the backs. I think I think they're 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 decent players, all of them, but they look a little bit lightweight still in the back line and you know, I, I I know we've said it before, but David McInerney is playing in the middle of the field with him, and like uh, maybe he was carrying an injury yesterday or whatever. But to me, Clare don't have a good enough backline not to have David McInerney in their backs, and I don't think he's offering enough in the middle of the field to justify it. To be honest with you, I think he's he's okay in the middle of the field, but he's not he's not doing enough for me. So if I was Brian Lone and the guys. And again, he's not going to take too much advice from me, Brian, or anything like it. But I'd, I'd, be, I'd be looking to get David McInerney back in there. And, and, and possibly as well, another guy who's maybe on the periphery of it now at this stage. And I know he's coming on in the forwards, but David Fitzgerald was in the backs with Claire before. And I didn't, I didn't think he was too bad in the backs either. And those two guys are out of their back line now. And I'm not sure they have the replacements to take them out of it, you know. And... and that's something going forward into 2021 that I think Clare will have to look at big time. And Watford uh, relish the challenge of playing their neighbours Kilkenny, but like even you'd have to say like the subs that Liam Cal brought on yesterday, Neil Montgomery was terrific really a wing forward. It looked like he came on for Jack Prendergast who was injured. Um, Conor Gleeson's first game yesterday and I think he scored two points as well. Darrell Lyons has been coming in in games. So, like, even more for their developing a panel, which is going to be key next weekend, right? And, 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 you know, I'm, I was sitting, I was sitting thinking the other night, you know, about, you know, the fact that I, 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 um, in one of the first podcasts, I tipped Cork to beat Waterford. And, and if you take a look at, if you take a look at uh, Waterford's, some of Waterford's players, you know, and, and, uh, Jimmy Barron and, Stephen Bennett and Kieran Bennett and Tag De Burka and Stephen O'Keefe and you're going to yourself like that's that's some of the best ten or ten or eleven players that there is in any team. Like do do, do, do Limerick or Galway have players off the quality of those that they might have, but those are as good a players as there is in, in Ireland. So like Waterford will hold no fear at all going forward, and and they always seem to be able to bring on two or three players. It's you know if you're bringing on a player like Patrick Kern, for instance, lads. Is there a better sub to bring on in the whole of Ireland? Like, like you know, these are quality, quality players. 
Patrick Kern must have got two, three points and maybe a couple of frees or something at the weekend there. Like, they're serious players. And to come into a game when you're tired and maybe you've done cornerback, you know, and you've chased Desi Hutchison around for maybe 60 minutes, and then you see Alexa Patrick Kern coming on, like, that's... I, I think it's going to be intriguing at the weekend. Uh, and 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 the Waterford the Waterford have a panel and Waterford will fear no one. I don't think I'll be honest. I think their I think their gameplay is very good. I think they have a structure in, in place. And I think as well if if you if that Waterford team gets ahead of you for that four or five points, I think they're very hard to break down. The way they can play with Ty DeBurka swipping back in there and Kevin Moran in there and you know they're 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 a tough tough out, outfit and. Like we, we talked about earlier, when Waterford are working equally or better than the other team out the field, they'll be very, very hard to beat. In fact, I don't think they'll be beat. It's their work rate is the key for that team. Yeah, I think, I think just, just to add to that as well, I, uh, what Graham is saying, he's, he's 100% right. And I think it's something that, that, that probably a lot of us uh, have have probably forgotten that Waterford, you know, they were in an All Ireland final in 2017 and weren't that far off winning it. And for two or three years before that, they were one of the top t- top teams in the country. And they still have they still have eight or nine of those players playing on their on their team. And none of those guys are, are old men, you know. Kevin Moran is the oldest oldest of them, but he's he's just an absolute outstanding warrior, really. And you know, you won't get any better than him. So. Like Waterford are going to be as good as anybody left in this championship, and you know I think it's teams are obviously judging them on the last two years, but they they just had a kind of a, a disaster the last two years and just couldn't get it going. And Liam Cahill and 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 Mikey Bevins and these guys seem to have brought an energy to this group that they haven't had in a while, and their their fitness levels are are up to a massive level. And like I think just to add to that on the fitness, I think Jamie Barron typifies that. I think he's back at the level. That he was that he was at back in 2017, and to me, he's one of the top midfielders in the country when he's operating. He's such he's such a good hurler, he's such a good head, and he's absolutely everywhere on the field. And when they when they have those the likes of him playing well and energetic, Waterford are going to take stopping. Yeah, but are Waterford worried now, Graham? Three goals the way they conceded them. Liam Cahill mentioned it in his interview after the game, and they're coming up against a team who love to take you on. Love to win the ball here and love to score goals in Kilkenny. Yeah, I think they'll be. I think he will be worried, you know. And but but what we're finding with these with these new managers are not they're not so slow at 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 addressing some of the issues, you know. And 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 Liam Cahill seems like a to, you know seems like a sort of manager that if you if you if you aren't performing to the way he wants you to perform, you you, you probably won't be playing for that Waterford team. Um, you know, like defensively, Waterford will be very disappointed. Stephen O'Keefe might be disappointed. One of the goals on a personal level, but taking that, taking that aside, to get two or three shots on goal, at Stephen O'Keefe, he, you you want to cut that out of the equation. You want to get the shots from outside the twenty-one at the keeper rather than getting in on goal on you. You know, so Waterford will look at it. But again, I. I Water, Liam Cahill will know what he what what he's driving into uh, on on next weekend, and and I think he'll have a good plan in place. I think he has the players, and and like Rory says, I think their fitness levels are are unreal. Um, so so it's 
I, I don't think Waterford will play with any fear next weekend. I think they'll have none to lose, and, and they'll have they'll keep an eye on. Right, lads, here's what we need to address. We don't we can't concede. We'll we'll, we'll maybe look at as well, Paul, the fact that maybe uh, maybe some of the shot selection up front wasn't good. Maybe when you have one on one inside or two on two inside, a bit like the Galway team might might address that a wee bit as well. In Croke Park, if you can get that ball low into your forwards with a touch of these players now, these assassins that Rory's talking about, they'll take some stop, and that's Stephen Bennett and, 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 and Desi Hutchison like. So I know Cody will come up with plenty of plans for them, but I think they'll if Waterford can keep out goals against Kilkenny, I I, I think they'll be uh, it's easy to say they'll be hard to stop, we know that, but I, I think if you can keep out goals against Kilkenny, you'll probably be on the right side of it. Moving on to the um, Joe McDonough Cup, um, Westmead scraped over the line against Mead. Um, I suppose with no one down this year, it was just really a case of pride and passion in that game. Luke Lachlan scoring a goal later on. Um, Westmead won 121 to 20 points. But Rory, I suppose the game that had the most interest and it probably didn't get as much interest being on around the same time as Coy's tip. But um, Kerry scraped over the line in the end by two points against Carlo. But like this is, I suppose it's strange in one way that the Kerry hurlers are still in the championship and the Kerry footballers aren't. Yes, right. I'd say, I'd say, has it ever happened before, Paul? Pro- pro- probably not. But I'd say there's a small pocket of 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 North Kerry. I think that's where where most of the hurling is. There's a small pocket of North Kerry who are who are in good form tonight, and they're they're looking forward to a a final against Antrim in 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 a few weeks' time. And sure, it's 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 brilliant to see, really. You know, I think I think uh, yesterday's game, by all accounts, was it was a was it was a very very competitive game. You know. Carlo certainly put it up to him for for long periods of time. They they kind of got five or six unanswered points in 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 the second half that put them up, and it looked like Carlo were going to were going to push on. But it just shows the the spirit in Fintan O'Connor's team that they were able to respond at that stage, and they got four or five points themselves in a row uh, to 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 kind of push themselves over the line. I think there Michael O'Leary, the midfielder, he he got two points near the end. Shane Conway. And Shane Nolan got to got the leveler and and a point before that, so they showed a great level of, I suppose, maturity, confidence, and 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 belief in themselves that that they're good enough. And there's there's good hurlers in Kerry, you know. Don't underestimate that there's there's top class hurlers in there, and there's there's top class clubs down there that are just driving the game and mad on the game and. Yesterday's performance will 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 do a lot for for Kerry Harlan and to and to and to get a game now in Crow Park, in in a few weeks' time is going to be massive for them. Surely the GA have to look here at an issue, uh, Graham. If Kerry win the Joe McDonald Cup, the rule is that they have to play off with whoever was last um, in the Munster Championship. I don't know how that's going to work this year with a knockout championship, but there has to be a playoff for Kerry to get into the Munster Championship um, if they do win the Joe McDonough. Surely that has to be addressed as if they win the Joe McDonough during the Munster Leinster Championship. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, I, and I do feel like, you know, like if Kerry, if Kerry do win the Joe McDonough, you, 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 they, they should be going up on their rights. You know, uh, they have every right after winning the competition. They, they, they should be fit to go up. To be quite honest with you, and in the same way, like down a Kildare play today, and um, before the Christie Ring, and both teams were automatically promoted. 
um, which which was a funny situation to be in as well for both sides, to be quite honest. Um, Antrim, Antrim will know what's ahead of him with Kerry, though, lads. You know, Antrim, will, Antrim have played Kerry a lot in the last two or three seasons. Or they've been in the same sort of league as him. I've been up there a couple of them games, actually, and there's nothing between those sides. Um, but what a what a spectacle it'll be for people. I hope that match is, is, is on TV, um, live and stuff, for people to see some of these Antrim players and some of the some of these Kerry players. Like, they're fantastic. They're fantastic fantastic advertisement for the game so they are you know they're they're not going to be winning the Liam McCarthy Cup but or or, or all stars or whatever but there's some of these like Shane Conway and these boys I would say Kieran Kingston would love to have them down down in court I know he plays for UCC but some of these some of these players are as good a players as there is in any of the competitions that's that, that, that's left so really looking forward to Anthony V Kerry and you know I think I think as well Westmead v, v Mead one of the West Mead legends rolled back the years. He was a selector at the weekend, Brendan Murta, and he he rolled back the he rolled back the years. And 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 because of COVID and because a few boys were missing, he he came on the field and 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 stripped out at the weekend there, which deserves a wee bit of a mention as well, like fair play to him. So so it's just thinking there, Rory. There's hope for us boys yet. You know we could we could strip out yet of Wexford or down. We're stuck some weekend. We could. <laughs> I'm only I'm I'm only waiting for Davy to give me the call, Graham. I'm mad for action here. But uh, ju- ju- just to, just to kind of add uh, add back to the Kerry one, Paul. Uh, from the Kerry point of view, I was just looking at it there. I think there's a great and obviously that we we've been talking about Shane Conway a lot and different things like that. But if you look at their performance at the weekend, there was a great spread of scores in their team. You know, like Shane Conway himself, he got eight points and and, and four from play. But you go back through the rest of the team. Daniel Collins, their centre forward, he got two great goals, I believe, in the first half. You know, and, and and that's a huge thing. Mikey Boyle, full forward, a great old stalwart for Kerry. He's been playing a good while there from four points and play in there. Michael O'Leary, their wing forward, three points. And then I've already mentioned it, uh, uh, their midfielder, Michael O'Leary, uh, he he got the two points to win it as well. So you know they had they had a they had a great spread of scores. So it's not just going to be for Antrim going in the final. Just to be looking at Shane Conway. There's 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 loads of players in this Kerry team who can cause you trouble. And you know there's there, there's hurlers there and there's forwards there. And that's a great sign of a team when it's not just the one fella all the time getting the scores. And probably that's where Carlo probably struggled more than anything at the weekend. You know Marty Kavanagh got eleven points and and Chris Nolan got five. But after that, a lot of the rest of them. Didn't didn't score heavily on on the scoreboard, and the spread of scores from 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 Kerry was the biggest thing that won the game at the weekend for them. And uh, Graham, your beloved down coming up short today against Kildare, three sixteen to twenty two points. And um, but like I was following this game as well as watching the football, but like it was really the goal before half time um, for Kildare. It really just proved to be the difference in this game. Yeah, and and. You know, looking at the game, there wasn't much between the two sides on paper, but Kildare got the goals, and we've been talking about it now. You know, goals wins games, and ultimately that's what that's what uh, you know how Kildare won the game. Um, Down will be probably disappointed with the goals, but we'll, I'll, I'll stick off for Rory and his forward play. At the same time, the, the forward has to win and uh, and have a go and and, and shoot like the, the third goal was a great goal to the two defenders came sort of into each other but he he, he could have took the handy point tapped it over the bar no 
he went he went for broke and went low and got his goal and ultimately the 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 the, the one the one the Christie ring and down down weren't far away the whole game there was only two or three points between them the whole game really and it it goes back to old adage the goals win go, goals win games and fair play to Kildare you know but I thought we weren't going to talk about that Paul um um, no, we had to give it a mention, of course. Uh, <laughs> well, as well, another one of Cody's ex-players win something again, and I suppose it's probably something we're going to keep seeing in the next few years, uh, Rory. Yeah, there's lads seem to be lining up for the for for Cody for for Cody's job. There's now David Herity has has won his championship, and you know Eddie Brennan and Shefflin and the whole lot of them seem to be lining up for Brian Cody's job. So you know, the, obviously those lads are you like you can see from the record when they were playing, they were they were seriously seriously committed to the game and ser- serious minds on the game as well. And they're bringing it's great to see them bringing that to, to to other counties now, and I suppose spreading the gospel. But from the from the GEA's point of view, I think Paul and I know it's disappointing for Graham with with down losing today. But from the GEA's point of view, I think we Kildare are, are definitely a county within Hurland that 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 have great potential to, for development. You know, there's there's an awful lot of pockets of Hurland in Kildare and a huge population up there, and you know. What we need to do within within Hurling now is, is is keep down down back in 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 the top top table and and get Kildare up there as well and keep them very very strong and competitive and hopefully, geez I'd love to, I'd love to see a situation in 10, 12 years that we could get some of these teams back into the Liam McCarthy and be strong enough to play in that and sure why not like it it, it definitely could be happen it definitely could happen if we, if you put the time and the resources into it you know we spoke about it already with down you know there's there's a history there there's there's great hurlers there and Kildare another team that that I would feel that 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 have now a tradition of hurling in a lot of clubs up there and if we could if we could put a lot of time into developing the game there I think I think they could get up there's no reason why they can't be as good as the the leashes the west meads the dublins even at the words or the wexfords of the words in leinster if if it's worked on enough and it, and if it's pushed enough from the gea's point of view and um johnny gall and the nicky rackage they defeat mayo 318 to 21 points 2-1 late on from richie ryan getting the goal and davin flynn from ross gray and tipperary getting the other goal for um johnny gall and dave now uh nicky record Cup champions for 2020, but I suppose just 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 before you go, Paul, just add in one small thing that I'd, I'd I I know it's been brought up in the in the media during the week, and I think it's important important to say it here now on this podcast as well. I was just looking earlier on today at, at the, obviously the football final games on and the games in hurling over the weekend, and and I know a good few managers have mentioned it, but I think from the government's point of view. And the GEA's point of view and everybody, I think they seriously need to have a look now in the next week at the fact that there's 10 or 12 fellas in every panel having to stay at home uh, when, when these games are on. You know, I think I think there's definitely something could be done. All the games now are going to be played in Crow Park. Put them all into a corporate box each or whatever the hell needs to be done. But we need we, we need to we need to get these guys up into Crow Park. These are like it's an awful pity that championships are being won and their celebrations being had and there's 
10 or 12 guys at home who are after putting in the same amount of work and they're not being allowed to to celebrate it like we've we've had two had two historic wins in football this weekend with with Tipperary and Cavan winning and 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 days that those guys will never ever forget and there's 10 or 12 guys at home looking at it on TV like everybody else and I feel myself personally that there could be something done on that definitely Obviously, safety and protocols are obviously important. But looking at the games, there's 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 more photographers and media people and lads doing interviews at this this games, and we can't let in ten or twelve twelve people into into the stadium. I think that has to be looked at in the next week, and and and, and to get these guys into the games because the the, the players are, are 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 the most important thing in all this. And if we can get those guys in, I think it'd be a huge reward for them. Yeah. I have to agree with you, Rory. Now, and I, I don't like looking. I don't like being being on a on a personal note. But if, if for instance, like the, there's some guys from down there, there's some guys from down there that weren't on the that weren't on the on the first twenty six that have been training well and good committed young fellas. Like down isn't a massive massive county for hurling, and we're leaving half a dozen boys at home that might never get that opportunity, even just to be, you know, around Croke Park for the day, like you know, in the same. They see him in the next few weeks with your Cavan and, and, and temporary fellas like you know a Cavan footballer might never get the opportunity to play in an All Ireland semi final in his lifetime again, and and for him to be training away night and day, I think that it wouldn't take much for for the GA to 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 give these this extended panel. Jesus, you could you could lose ten or twelve boys in there, no baller at each end of the pitch, like you know whether they want to or not, sit there, allocate a win of seats for them and. You know, it's done and dusted then, and you've had box tech. These these are the players, and these are the players that are making your county panels. If you didn't have those players training away, what would you have? You know, so I definitely have to agree. You know, absolutely, you're spot on. They're they're putting in the same work as any other members of the panel, and everyone was allowed to go to club championship games. But that's the matter for another day. But um, the team of the week now, um, I suppose. The most dramatic thing in this podcast. A couple of people not agreeing with Rory in the last few weeks, and <laughs> we'll the same again this week. But uh, we'll have to go with it anyway. See the drama and stuff after that. Is that, but, is uh, that the Galway bias, Paul? Yeah, they're not happy. <laughs> That's the word down here, anyways. Well, Paul, we'll just have to do what, like Shane O'Neill or, or John Kiley or some of these boys will do. We'll have to just, we'll just have to drop them. We'll just have to drop them off there. to pick um, or 1 to 15 anyway so 1 to 7 for you game um, right my, my goalkeeper uh, maybe maybe again a couple of boys might not be too happy but I thought Stephen O'Keefe's save was a turning point in the Clare Waterford game I thought that I just think his distribution of the ball is handling under high ball I think he's one of the best keepers in Ireland I think he's up there at 1 Murphy and and, and uh, Anthony Nash you know I think he's one of the best goalkeepers in Ireland without a shadow of doubt and I thought he Earned his keep at the weekend there for Liam Cowell. So he's my goalkeeper. Uh, my right back, Aidan Hart. Um, I'm going to jam in there. I think he got my score of the weekend. I think he, he, he you know, that, that score was probably the, 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 the nail in, in the coffin for Tip. I thought was outstanding. His defensive duties as well, though, lads. He's, he's a tough, teak tough defender. He's no nonsense. I thought he was outstanding. My full back got a maybe slipped and, and, and Shimmy got a goal off him as Dahi Burke. I thought when leaders were needed in the second half for Galway, I thought he stood up well and 
uh, was in the end of two or three balls with Dahi Burke full-back. I'm going to pick uh, a man slightly out of position, and that's the Kildare full-back and Joan Dorn. Um, I thought that down in the Christie ring final, he was probably marking Down's most probably prolific and most dangerous forward who's been on fire all year. I've seen the same guy in the club championship up and down here, uh, and he's been absolutely outstanding. His own Sands, Noel Sands' son, uh, but John Dorn, I think, kept him scoreless there today. I thought he was outstanding and, again, didn't foul him or wasn't he? So, John Dorn deserves a, a pat on the back for, for me for his, def- his defensive duties in Croke Park tonight there against Down. In the half-back line, I have Callum Lyons. I know you might say, well, Tony Kelly was slightly injured, but I just thought he, he, he stuck to his duty well. He didn't foul Tony. He didn't do anything silly. I thought he was outstanding. Going forward, he's a serious threat going forward as well. I thought he was outstanding. Um... My left half-back was Barry Heffernan. I thought he'd done a great job on. Uh, I thought he'd done a great job on Joe Canning. I thought he again. He, he, he was great under the high ball. He, he was. Is he's very good. He's very good at reading the game as well. So I thought he'd done very well on Joe Canning. Anybody who does well on Joe Canning, I think deserves a pat in the back as well. So he's my left half-back, and I leave him a six at the end because I didn't know who to pick between Rian Boren, who was six for Kildare tonight. I thought he was outstanding against Down in the Christie Ring final. Or tag the burger, and I think again he stood up well in the second half. For me, I thought he drove Waterford over the finish line against Clare um, yesterday, and that was tag the burger as my number six. Yeah, in midfield, then um, I had to go for Jamie Byrne, obviously driving forward and working off the ball and contributed two points. And um, in the other side of midfield, it was kind of a toss up, really, but. I had to go for Kieran Bennett really, just his work rate, um, three points, um, and he just worked his socks off. Probably lined out wing forward, but he was just kind of everywhere in midfield at some stages. But uh, 10 to 15 now for you, Rory. Here's the controversial the selection of all the time, Paul. The, forward, the forwards are always the controversial ones. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going for uh, wing forward, I'm going for Cahill Malone from Clare. I think he got four four points from from play yesterday, and I think throughout the championship, he's been outstanding for Clare, offensively and defensively. And I think he, I think he gave a a great performance yesterday or or yesterday again. So I I go for him there. Centre forward, I don't know where he's playing most of the time. Paul says he was in the middle of the field at stages, but he seems to be everywhere. I'm going for Cahill Mannion at centre forward. Uh, he 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 shot one three from play. He's just a joy to watch for me. His goal was fantastic, but his striking and his his coolness on the ball and everything is, is always top-notch. So I'm going to go for him there. And the other wing forward, I'm going to go for Stephen Bennett from Waterford. Uh, ten, points, ten points he got yesterday, three points in play. And he, he was driving forward, Waterford forward at, at all stages and seemed to be involved all the time. So his free-taking was top-notch and his, and his, play, his, his general all-round play was, was really good as well. So... I'd be going for him. Just, to, I suppose, to throw in a few of the guys that, that were, would have mentions there would be, first of all, Chris Nolan from Carlo, five points from play for Carlo, which was an excellent performance. Joe Canning, I, 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 I would have him there from the point of view he got 14 points in the game, one from play, and his leadership in the last 10 minutes was top-notch. But for me, he wasn't involved in the game enough. To be honest, for, for, from a Galway point of view, and I think for for Galway to beat Limerick next week, I think they'll need more from Joe in general play. He did some great things in the last ten minutes from sidelines and frees, but I I'd like to see him more involved in the play and getting more scores. And if they're going to beat Limerick next week, he's going to have to contribute that little bit more from a 
scoring and creation point of view from play. So that's one that's one to look forward. And Shane Conway again, uh, he gave another great performance for Kerry. So you'd be mentioning him there for the half forward line again. In the full forward line, it was easy enough to pick really. Desi Hutchinson, uh, 2-2 from play. Great, great performance. Great battle with Rory Hayes, but top-notch performance and hopefully there's more to come from him. Full forward, we've spoken about him already. Aaron Shanahar, 2-1 from play again. Great, great all-round performance and fantastic for Claire to see him back and, and, and hopefully in the next few years we're going to see the best of him. And then the other guy I've, I've went for, I think it's important to acknowledge Kerry this weekend. They're into the into the Joe McDonough final and Mikey Boyle, I've seen him a good few times, maybe not live, but I've looked at the Buff Egan talking about Mike even Mike Boyle, Mike Boyle a lot and seen different clips of him and he's he's an impressive forward and for Kerry to beat Antrim, they're going to need a performance like that in the next few weeks. So four points for play for him and, and, and fair play to him. So there's the controversy for this week, Paul, and sure we'll see what'll happen in the in the semi final. <laughs> but um that's all on our um Back to our hurling and preview review show. Um, looking back at some unbelievable action, and it's only going to get better from here on in.